theyeshiva.net. So we're starting a new Maimir. It's a Pesach Maimir. It's an Achel for Pesach Maimir. It's a Mugadik Maimir from Tovshin Yud Beis from 1952. And it's very complicated. It's Misubach. It's entangled. And I'm praying and I'm hoping that I can disentangle it, that I can open it up in such a way that there'll be clarity and not only clarity, but klau, the basic point of the Maimed, but clarity when it comes to the nuance, when it comes to the uh, details, the specific aspects of the Maimed. So let me say this, we're going to start on page at Eish Lamed, at the end of Sif Hay. We're starting the second paragraph on page at Eish Lamed, the second line, V'yashleima shahachiluk ben shnei sugi hanisim that's what we're going to be doing. Let me introduce this. Let me give you some background. Chasidus talks a lot about Bittl, obviously. And as you know, and as we've discussed so many times, the English translation for the word Bittl is Bittl. Because the English words do such a poor job at properly portraying Bittl that, for lack of words, they're mavatal the whole Bittl. They completely destroy the entire richness, the integrity of what Bittl means. So the only word that adequately represents bittel is bittel itself. Because bittel is a word that denotes, in effect, subduing something, breaking something. But at the same time, it's transforming something. It's, it's redefining something. The state of bittel is not the state of brokenness. The state of bittel is a state of higher wholeness because of what the bottle is bottled to. So it's a subtle word and it's very, very difficult to find even more than one word that can comprehensively portray it. So we leave Bittl alone. Bittl is Bittl. Now, of course, whenever you use the word Bittl, you have to assume that you have two things. The one who is Bottle and the one to whom he is bottle. In other words, there's Hashem and there's a creation. Hashem is the one at whom the bittle is directed or towards whom the bittle is shown. And then there is the creation that is bottle to him. And what lies at the very heart, at the very essence of this Maimir, is the question. If you are more bottle to Hashem, Versus if you are less bottled to Hashem. Are you closer from him or are you closer to him or are you farther from him? Does Bittl bring you in greater proximity or does Bittl denote, indicate greater distance? Does Bittl raise me or does Bittl push me back? Does it distance me? Now appreciate that whether Bittl raises me or Bittl distances me, Bittl is a relationship. Even if Bittl distances me, that distance doesn't mean 
I have no connection or I have a little connection. It means that somehow being far away is a deeper connection than the bittle of being close. And that's the core issue. Is bittle bringing you close or is bittle pushing you far away? The simplest, now of course the answer to that question is there's different types of bittle. There's bittles that the more bottle you are, the closer you are to Hashem. And there's bittles that the more bottle you are, the more distant you are from Hashem. And in the language of the line that I just read, page Reish Lamed, second paragraph, third line, Al derech achiluk shabain bittle di yechudi Allah, or bittle the Kabbalah sale, the bittle of yechudi Allah is it brings you very close. And the bittle of Kabbalah sale is the bittle that keeps you very, very distant. And the simplest marshal for this is the difference between uh, a son and his bittle to his father and a servant and his bittle to his master, which is, of course, the classic di- uh, diversity which Hasidus brings. It's very familiar to us from the famous, famous Maimir Umik Nerav, where you have Ben and Evid. If your father is the king and you are his son, Obviously, you're going to go in the ways of your father, and as you go in the ways of your father, you're going to be bottled to your father, and the bittle to your father is going to raise you. It's going to make you more qualified to succeed your father, to be a king like him. If you are a servant with a master, so there's a huge bittle, there's an incredible amount of bittle from a servant to his master, but the bittle from a servant to his master does not bring the servant closer to the master. To the contrary, it maintains a constant distance between the master and the servant. In other words, a child starts off with the same basic genes as his father, the same personality, same tendencies. If the father is intelligent, the child is frequently intelligent as well. If the father has various talents and skills, the child is likely to have similar talents and similar skills and so forth. And what happens to the child as he grows is he emulates his father. He wants to be like his father. And as he emulates his father and tries to be like his father, he goes in the direction of his father. He wants his father to teach him, he wants his father to give him direction. He wants his father to push him, to overachieve, to become more and more adept at more and more things, and so on. What's happening to this son in the process of being reared in the spirit of his father, is he's becoming closer and closer to his father. And in becoming closer and closer to his father, he's losing his identity. Instead of being a separate person from his father, he's becoming what his father wants him to be, in his image. And this is very, very interesting. Is the son being broken by this coming closer to his father? Or is the son being made greater by being coming closer to his father? And the answer is it's really a little bit of both. On the one hand, the son is losing the identity that he had before to come closer to his father. On the other hand, his coming closer to his father is actually an increase in his identity. He's a bigger person. He's less son and he's more father. In other words, he's less what he was when he was young and he's more like his father is. And as he grows and he increases, that process of approaching his father and developing the the level of greatness that his father has, he's becoming less and less himself and more and more his father. So on the one hand, he's losing what he was. On the other hand, he's becoming more. He's becoming more like his father. A servant is very different. 
A servant is not supposed to be smart. A servant is not supposed to grow. A servant is not supposed to be sophisticated. To the contrary, those things would interfere with service. Servants are simply supposed to do what they're told. And the difference between a young servant and an old servant is only that the old servant can't schlep as much weight. That's it. The, in, in the role of a slave, in the role of a servant, there is no notion of approaching. There's no notion of getting close. There's no notion of transformation. There's no notion of growth. There is simply a notion of servitude, of bittle. The master speaks and the servant follows and listens. So in the, in the latter case, in the case of the slave or the servant, the bittle in no way brings the slave closer to the master. To the contrary, the very nature of the relationship between the master and the slave is that the master and the slave are very far apart and the master does not allow, does not allow the slave to get close to him in any which way and it's the distance that establishes the relationship and the continuing distance that maintains the relationship. So in other words, in the father-son relationship, the bittle is transforming the son into the father. In the master-slave relationship, the bittle is subduing the slave, but in no way transforming him. So when you look at these two scenarios, a child who is achieving, who is working towards becoming like his father, because his father is great and he wants to be in his father's image, and he's sacrificing what he was in order to become like his father. So there is bitter in that. Versus a slave who's not allowed to approach his master. He's a constant distance maintained and the slave simply has to follow his master. Who is more bottle? Where is there a greater bittle? Is there a greater bittle in the son being transformed and becoming like his father where he's losing his earlier identity to acquire a new one? Or is there a greater bittle in the slave who is not being transformed at all, he is simply forced to retain, to, to remain far away from his master and do what his master says. This is a very, very interesting question. And it takes some thought. For those of you who have learned the Samach Vav and have learned the Mikneraf, you know that ultimately Eved is higher than Ben. The slave's bittle is greater than the son's bittle because the son's bittle is really the transformation of the son into the father, which means the son is being raised up. So no matter how great the son becomes, no matter how bottle the son becomes to his father, it's the son who's become great. And in the case of the servant, it's not about the servant at all, it's simply about the master. But it's a very, very challenging issue. In other words, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not simple to wrap your mind around when you think about it intellectually. It's not easy to decide which is better and which is worse. Because the, the, what happens to a child when he approaches the level of his father is so beautiful and so wonderful and so deep. And what happens to a slave when he simply remains a slave is not beautiful and it's not deep and it's not transformative. So it doesn't seem to be advantageous. But nevertheless, the truth of the matter is that the slave's bittle to the master has a very, very great advantage over the son's bittle to his father. Just add one little detail to the equation. And the detail that you need to add to the equation is that the father and the master 
is God Almighty. Is Hashem. We want a relationship with God, with Hashem, with HaKadosh Baruch. So there's a concept of a son in a relationship with his father. In the Samach Vav, that's Neshama Sabatzilas, the biggest tzaddik, who are so in tune with godliness, and they're so sensitive to godliness, and they're so pure, and they're so refined, that every day they become greater vessels for godliness, and they come closer and closer to godliness. How close can they get? How close can they get? Can they ever become God? It's a stupid question. I shouldn't have said it. But you understand why I said it. And the reason this is so is because this is who they are. They are becoming vessels and vehicles for godliness. So there's two points here. The first point is godliness, and the second is they're becoming a vessel and a vehicle. This second point, they're becoming a vessel and a vehicle, means that it's not totally, total transformation. It can't be. A simple Jew who has no uh, ambition to appreciate godliness and to become intimate with godliness, but simply to do what Hashem says. God gives him a mitzvah and he does it. God's in and doesn't do it. It's very far away from Hashem. And he's far away from Hashem in the kind of way where he has no idea, he has no fantasy, he has no thoughts about ever coming closer to HaKadosh Baruch but when he is doing the will of God, it's God's will. When he is doing a mitzvah, it's only because Hashem said he would never do it on his own. He doesn't understand it, he doesn't appreciate it, doesn't value it, doesn't mean anything to him. The Abish to say it. So this simple servant is bittel, without any transformation. In no way is he being changed by Hashem. He's remaining the same simple person he was but he's completely putting him aside, aside himself for Hashem. His space, his will is being filled by Hashem's space. The great neshama that is called the son of God Almighty, who's intimate with godliness, who understands and appreciates and is sensitive and is growing and growing and growing, no matter how much he grows, no matter how much he appreciates, no matter how sensitive he becomes, his mitzvah is being raised up into godliness, and therefore you cannot reach God through your own Matthias. And that's the meaning of these words. If you're looking inside now on page Reish Lamed, Hachiluk, second paragraph, third line, the difference between Bittel di Yechudiyallah or Bittel the Kabbalah. Bittel di Yechudiyallah means what? Yechudiyallah means there's nothing besides for God, including me. But the Bittel of Yechudiyallah says, since there's nothing besides for God, including me, I experience how I am God. Bittel the Kabbalah sale means what? I experienced nothing. But God gave me a mitzvah and I'm doing it. In other words, Bittel the Yechudiyallah is transformative, becoming somebody different. Bittel the Kabbalah sale means I'm remaining exactly what I was. But the Bittel of Kabbalah sale, where I'm remaining exactly what I was, is real Bittel because my space is being entirely filled by the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There is no me in terms of my will whatsoever in such a way that even in the bitl of Yehudi Allah does not exist. Now, the discussion of this Maimir is going to be about miracles. The discussion of this Maimir is going to be about miracles. The argument of the Maimir is that a nes hamalubish bateva, a miracle that doesn't break nature, is greater than a miracle that does break nature. On the surface, 
simply speaking, a miracle which is higher than nature, like Kriyas Yamsov and the Ten Makis, is a greater miracle than a miracle which is concealed within nature, like, for example, the miracle of Purim. And the miracle of the war of Hanukkah. The miracle was concealed in nature. So, it actually says in many Mamari Hasidis, that a miracle like the miracle of Kriyas Yamsov and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which is higher than nature, comes from Shem Avayet. And a miracle which is concealed within nature comes from a lower name of Hashem, Shem Shindalad Shem Shagai. But our Maimir flips it. Our Maimir says, no. A miracle which is higher than nature, although it comes from Hashem Avayet, from a higher name of Kaddish Baruch Hu, is like Yechudi Allah. A miracle which is higher than nature means it's taking nature and transforming it into godliness. And because a miracle which is higher than nature is transforming nature into godliness, nature remains an entity. How does a miracle which is higher than nature, which breaks nature, preserve nature? And the answer is the reality of what nature was has been transformed into a miracle. It's been elevated, it's made better. While a miracle which is within nature means nature exists, and nevertheless it's being broken by the hand of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So a miracle which does not break nature is more reminiscent of Kabbalah Seil, and a miracle which does break nature is more reminiscent of Yehudi Allah. In other words, when Hashem has a world, and He reveals Himself in this world, and He changes the world, He raises it up. When Hashem has a world, and he changes the world. But even though he's changing the world, the world remains the same. He's breaking it. A world that a miracle changes, nes shalom is transformative. The world is being lifted up. It was at a lower level, that's on a higher level. A world where even when the miracle is being performed remains within nature, that's being broken, it's not being changed. And the argument of our maimit is, that when you change nature into something else, it's limited. And when you allow nature to continue to be what it was, and nevertheless break it, that's the mile of Kabbalah Sin. And let's now learn it inside. Says the Rebbe, The idea that when the Hashem reveals infinity, Nature is broken from its form. Nature changes. In other words, Nisim Shalomayla Mayatava, it's a miracle which is higher than nature. Says the Altarebbe, who al derech ha bittel the Yehudi Allah. It's like the bittel of the Yehudi Allah. In other words, bittel mimitsiyas, a bittel of one's form. And what is the meaning of bittel of one's form? Not that your form ceases to exist, but that your form is transformed. Just like in a very simple example, you have a child in school who's not intelligent and you work with him, and you work with him, and you open up his mind, and you make him brighter. You've changed his mind. You've transformed his mind. You've made his mind better. When you take nature, and you reveal godliness in it, in such a way where nature no longer is, so you haven't destroyed it, you've raised it up. It's become something better. Now nature is supernatural. The world has been transformed from a natural world to a supernatural world. And the Rebbe says, it's like the idea of a boy a day is bonanus. Something that comes through contemplation, the kula can make lachshiv, everything is nothing, bottle in the presence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And when a person understands 
and then a person feels, and then a person is moved based on the understanding that Hashem is everything, and ain't aid mulvade, and he's there for his battle to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that doesn't break him, that lifts him up, he becomes godly. On the other hand, says the Rebbe, The idea that nature remains in its form. Nevertheless, the way it's governed is not according to the laws and character of nature. God wishes. In other words, Nisim, it's miracles. It is only it's limited within nature, says the Rebbe, so the world is remaining what it was. And it's al-dead, echabit, al-dekabala say, it's like somebody who accepts the yoke of heaven, like a simple slave who does what his master tells him. Dagam You are a slave. And the same form you had at the beginning of your slavery continues. Moreover, it may be that your basic nature is still that you don't want to have any bittle. You want to be wild, uncontrolled. Your actual conduct is not as the slave wants, not as the master wants. So this is all very, very backwards. It's all very, very counterintuitive. A miracle which is breaking nature is elevating nature up. A miracle which is not breaking nature is truly breaking nature. In other words, everything you would have thought before this maimed, and this maimed is argued in a counterintuitive way. When Hashem makes a nest that breaks Teva, He isn't destroying Teva, destroying Teva, He's making something better out of it. A miracle. When Hashem makes a nest where Teva is preserved, that is called breaking Teva. So the miracle that transforms nature into a miracle is uplifting nature. And a miracle which is preserving nature and breaking it is not uplifting uh, nature. You know, just to give you uh, an example for this, the Rebbe has his famous Sikhe in the Sikhe about The Rebbe asks a simple question. Hashem wants to live in the lowest world, yeah? What happens to this lowest world when Hashem moves in? If Hashem moves into the lowest world, shouldn't the lowest world become the highest? And if Hashem moves into the lowest world and the lowest world becomes the highest, he doesn't have a Dirabatahtainim, he has a Dirabalyanim. Once God moves into the lowest realm, how is it the lowest? So there's two different concepts. And I'm going to use abstract words because I don't want to get too caught up in this idea because it is a digression. One concept is the yesh becoming ayin. The yesh of this world becoming ayin, becoming batal Hashem. The other concept is the yesh becoming the yesh of Hashem himself, the yesh becoming the yesh amiti. The difference between those two concepts, the yesh becoming ayin means that the tachten becomes the alien. The world has changed it's no longer Tachn, it's Elyon. The second concept, where the Yesh becomes the Yesh Hamiti, the world continues to be a Tachn, but it's Batal Takadish Baruch. It's Batal Takadish Baruch. Batal Takadish Baruch means it expresses what Hashem is, rather than what it is itself, even though it continues to be a natural world. And that's the, this, this little paragraph that we just read is what lies at the heart of this Maimir, a miracle which is higher than nature changes and uplifts nature. A miracle which does not break nature is really breaking nature. And the Rebbe says in the next paragraph, Hiniyadu, it is known, 
What is the advantage of the bitl of Yehudi Allah, which is transformative? Who it is? Sha'abitlu b'chomet siyosi. You become totally transformed. Shalainishet etzlayu bo'inyin. Nothing remains by the bottle. And in the bottle, she'en a bottle which has not been transformed by the bitl. In other words, when you have a bitl of Yehudi Allah, your mind is a better mind. Your heart is a better heart. Your senses are better senses. In other words, when Hashem makes a miracle, where nature becomes a miracle, it's a whole new world. Or the lake, habitel the Kabbalah sale, as opposed to the bitl of Kabbalah sale, shahabitl who the bitl of Kabbalah sale doesn't change your mind, it doesn't change your heart, it doesn't change your senses. You simply do what your master says. On the other hand, what is advantageous about the second kind of bitl? Well, you're not being transformed, you're simply being forced. To do what the master wants, he is in the quality of the bittel. In other words, shu amiti. You're never more bottled Hashem than you're doing what he says. Understanding him and feeling and sensing him on the highest levels is not as bottle as simply doing what he says. Because when you're doing what he says, you're giving away yourself for him. When you're transforming your mind and your heart and your senses to him, you're becoming more. The bittle is you becoming bigger, not you becoming smaller. It's not connected to your form. When one becomes bottle, because he's a caliph, a great light, great unity which raises him up. The nature of this bittle is that person recognizes, that person feels, that person senses. That in the presence of a Kaddish Baruch, everything is nothing, says the Rebbe, so you become part of that nothing. But it's an elevating kind of nothingness. The bit is connected to your form, to your brain, to your heart, to your senses. Parenthesis, your recognition. says, That's not true, Bittl. Why not? Because first of all, the very fact that you're becoming transformed into godliness means you're becoming bigger, not smaller. And second of all, you can never become God. That much Bittl is impossible. So there's always going to be the element of your form being separate from him and being in his image. As opposed to the Kabbalah sale. The bitl of Kabbalah sale, says the Holy Rebbe, you accept upon yourself to do the will, the command of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's against what you want. When you do something that Hashem wants you to do, against your wishes, it's very superficial. But it's maximum bitl. Bedugmas evad like a slave. Shumuchrech lekayim rotsin the is forced to do what his master wishes. That kivin chinyonish al bittel zeh. Since this concept of bittel is shaleilis chashivim to say, I have to push aside what I want. I have to push aside my form. Harezeh bittel amidit. This is real bittel. So it's all upside down. Breaking teva into ness isn't breaking, it's transforming. Keeping teva, teva, when a miracle is performed, that's breaking. Because Teva wants to hide the Yebishted and the Nest doesn't let. So in this Maimed, a lot of ideas that are normally explained in one way are explained quite differently. A Nest Shalom Teva is the uplifting of Teva. And Nest Hamalum Teva is the breaking of Teva while preserving Teva. And the latter has a Milo over the former. Because when you're breaking Teva, for Teva to represent the Yebishted while Teva remains Teva, that's the, real, the revelation of the Yebishted himself. It's real bit. Says that every the next paragraph, when we talk about the question, 
which Amayimah began with, which we're going to get to, Amitz Hashem, either in the next class or in two classes from now. That a miracle which happens within nature is greater than a miracle which is above nature. How could a miracle which is in nature be greater than a, a miracle which is above nature? A miracle which is above nature breaks nature completely. A miracle which is above nature lifts nature up. Well, a miracle which is in nature doesn't break nature, it doesn't lift it up. It says, Even though what happens to nature, when it is bottled to Hashem, when a miracle which remains concealed within nature and doesn't break it, it's only that nature goes a little bit in a different direction than it would naturally go. But it hasn't broken nature altogether. Says the Rebbe, not breaking nature. When breaking nature is the ultimate breaking of nature. Nevertheless, in as much as the laws and character tendency of nature is concerned, it would never happen. That nature would result in this kind of a miracle. And the change, in other words, the miracle. Which happens in nature. It's not by breaking nature, but by keeping nature and forcing it to go out of itself. Because godliness dominates over nature. And forces nature to go according to the will of Hashem. While it remains natural, says When nature is broken without being changed, that's what the Ebishter is. When you make nature into a miracle, that's not God. That's godliness. It's transformative. When you make nature do what God wants, even though it's nature, that's bittel. Just like there's an advantage in the Evid Pashat over the Ben. Just like there's an advantage of in Kabbalah say, love Yechudil. And the Rebbe says, and on this basis, we can understand the Rebbe said in the beginning of this Maimed, and this we'll talk about in the third year, if all goes according to plan on this Maimed, that the Mashiach comes, the greatest miracles are going to happen. What is going to be the greatness of the greatest miracles which are going to happen? So the Rebbe says when Mashiach comes, miracles are going to happen within nature, and we'll see them. Miracles are going to happen within nature, and we'll see them. Miracles are going to happen with nature means Hashem is not going to transform nature into a miracle. Nature is going to be preserved and nevertheless we'll be able to see them. When Mashiach comes, miracles are going to happen within nature. But we'll be able to see them. Now, a miracle which is higher than nature you can see. A miracle which is hidden nature you cannot see. The miracle of nature itself will be revealed, will be visible. will be in the miracles themselves. The fact that now nature conceals over these miracles is because a miracle of nature as it happens today, even when a miracle forces itself upon it, is the opposite of a ness. Why is it when Hashem performs a miracle in nature, is it hard to see? According to our Maimir, a miracle in nature has more bittal than a miracle higher than nature. 
Because a miracle higher than nature means what? A miracle higher than nature means what? You're raising the nature up to being supernatural. But a miracle that happens in nature, you're breaking nature so that nature should do what God wants. So how come you don't see the nest? And the answer is because although the bittle is so total, but the bittle is the opposite of Teva. Says the Rebbe, I'm going to the third line. I skipped just a little bit. The third line from the top of page, Yerush Lamed Mashiach is going to come. On the one hand, miracles are going to happen within nature. And miracles happening within nature is reminiscent of the Dev and Miracles happening within nature are reminiscent of Kabbalah Sale. You're breaking the world without breaking it, and that's really breaking it. And at the same time, we'll be able to see these wonders in a visible and revealed way. Parenthesis, even though the miracle is hidden in nature, you'll see it. Because when the Mashiach comes, there's going to be two advantages. Teva itself, nature itself is going to be uplifted. In other words, that nature itself, the godliness which is infinite, which is hidden in nature, is going to be revealed. But the godliness which is infinite, which is hidden within nature, is going to be revealed, is not going to transform nature into a miracle. It's going to reveal the godliness of nature itself. Even miracles which are now hidden in nature, are going to be revealed. I have a very hard time explaining this, so I'm just going to say the blunt truth. Okay? We have two ideas here. One idea is that you become a different person. You uplift to become a different person. And the other idea is you remain exactly the same person, but you're forced into doing something you don't want. And the argument of the Maimed is that when you're forced into doing something you don't want to, you're more bottle than if you're being transformed into somebody else. But when you're forced into doing something you don't want to, you don't want to do it. Is it possible for you to be forced into doing something you don't want to and you should want to do it? Is it possible to have a bit of Kabbalah sale, you remain the same person you are, and you're only doing the will of God because God wills you to do it, and at the same time, this is who you are? In other words, to reveal what's not meant to be revealed. And the Rebbe says, that's what's going to happen with Mashiach. When Mashiach comes, there's going to be a natural world. There's going to be nature. Nature is not going to be made supernatural. But in nature itself, you will see God. Now, I understand that I didn't explain it. I simply said very, very abstract words. So let me remind you of how I said it earlier. When you take nature and make it into a miracle, you're making a yesh into an ayin. You're transforming it. When you take nature and allow it to remain nature, and you bitle Hashem through a nest, and la'asad lover, you reveal Hashem, this is changing the yesh of the creation into the yesh of Hashem. When you change the yesh of the creation to the yesh of Hashem, you're changing it completely without changing it at all. You're revealing in the yesh Hashem, but you're not revealing in the yesh Hashem by making it into something which is closer to Hashem, but you're revealing the Hashem within it. And that's what the Rebbe is trying to explain. The words of the that nature itself, will be a vessel for the revelation of Eretz So on the one hand, nature is going to continue existing. 
At the same time, that nature is going to express what the Yebishter is. Next paragraph on page of Now, the reason I'm not explaining it any better is because I'm hoping that when you read the next two paragraphs, these ideas will become a little bit more clear. In other words, if you didn't understand fully what I just said, bear with me, maybe when I read the next paragraph, and the paragraph after that, and then the paragraphs after this, perhaps it will become clearer with each successive paragraph. Mashiach comes, there's going to be miracles, even greater than the miracles of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Because the miracles of Yitzhak Mitzrayim changed nature, so they raised nature up. And in the language that I'm using, they made the Yeshen to an Ayin. When Mashiach is going to come, the miracles are not going to change nature, they're going to be within nature. But even though the miracles are going to be within nature, they're going to be totally revealed. In other words, the Yesh is not going to become an Ayin, the Yesh is going to be revealed as a Yesh Amiti. And the Rebbe says, There's going to be two advantages when Mashiach comes. First of all, we're going to see the miracles. And second of all, they're going to be greater miracles. Miracles which are now concealed within nature. And they're in such a fashion. Even when Hashem reveals Ein Seif Habligvul Infinity Shemizgalabanes, which reveals itself to perform the miracle, nevertheless Nishen Mitzias Teva, the form of nature remains, and we know about nature Shemitzad in Yone, what nature is by itself as Hepergiliyad Habligvul, the opposite of a revelation of the infinite light of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Skip the parenthesis. There's also going to be miracles. And the miracles are going to happen within nature, without changing nature, says the Rebbe to There's going to be both advantages. On the one hand, that the Ein Safa is going to be revealed in nature, which is total bittle, because you're not being transformed, you're being pushed aside. But at the same time, there will not be anything that would oppose the revelation of this because nature itself is going to be a vessel for the Ein safe. So nature will continue to be nature, but you'll see that it's a miracle. How do you explain this? If you could see the richness of Kabbalah sale, you could see the richness of Kabbalah sale. Could you imagine seeing the richness of Kabbalah Sale? Could you imagine seeing what's Kishmak about Kabbalah Sale? There's nothing rich about Kabbalah Sale. There's nothing rich about Kabbalah Sale. There's something rich about understanding. There's something rich about feeling. There's something rich about sensing. There's nothing rich about being a soldat. Kabbalah Sale, Bittle. Imagine somebody has Kabbalah Sale and you see his richness. Now appreciate. If somebody has Kabbalah Sale and you see his richness, does that mean it's not Kabbalah Sale anymore because it's rich? No, it's still Kabbalah Sale. But in the Kabbalah sale, you see the richness of Kabbalah sale. Watch the richness of Kabbalah sale. What's, what's the richness of Kabbalah sale? The richness of the Kabbalah sale is whose oil you're makabal. The richness of Kabbalah sale is Hashem. I'm accepting the yoke of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, so there's no me. The richness of that is the Hashem I'm makabal oil. So if you don't know Hashem, you don't reveal Hashem whose oil you're makabal, so you remain a person whose identity is broken by the Kabbalah sale. In other words, somebody looks at you, they don't see Hashem. They see a broken person, a person who's breaking himself. 
and then breaking himself, Hashem's will is carried out to that person and not the person's will. But if in that person you would see Hashem, so the idea that the person is breaking himself to do Hashem's will remains a breakingness as opposed to an enriching and a transformation. But you see Hashem in him. And that's the muscle for the unique kind of miracle that's going to happen when Mashiach comes. The miracle is going to happen in nature. And the miracle is going to be revealed. Now if the miracle happens in nature, how is the miracle revealed? And the answer is because nature is not the enemy of the miracle. Nature conceals, but doesn't oppose. When the nature conceals and doesn't oppose, what will nature reveal? The source of the miracle, which is the Ebishter himself. Now in case you still don't understand it, read Sifches. I'll give you another way of explaining the same thing. And each later paragraph helps us understand a little better what this means. Lo'asid lovey, Kabbalah sale is going to be in his gala. It's going to continue being Kabbalah sale. It's continue being bittel. But you're going to see in the bittel, Hashem. Nature is going to perform miracles without being broken. And the miracles that happen in nature without being broken which is the ultimate breaking of nature, is going to reveal Hashem. Im this that is known, shall also love when Mashiach comes, It says in Hasidus that right now, the goof lives from the Nishama. The body is death. The body is death. Why is the body death? Because it's Yesh. Yesh is death. The Nishama is life. Why is the Nishama life? Because the Nishama is iron. And the body keeps itself alive by its relationship with the ayah, with the nisham. So why do you eat food? Because when you eat food that keeps the hold of the nisham and the guf together, and you live. When a person becomes ill, God forbid, when a person fails to eat, God forbid, the nisham and the guf separate, the nisham goes back to heaven, the guf dies, because the nisham by itself is death. Okay? What's going to happen when Mashiach comes? It's going to be the other way around, inside. How is it now? The body lives from the soul. Why? Because the soul is ayin and the guf is yesh. Yesh is bad. So the only way for a yesh, which is mavest, death, to have life is by being attached to an ayin. What's going to happen when Mashiach comes? The guf is not going to become ayin. No. The guf is going to become Hashem's yesh. When Mashiach comes, the guf. The soul is going to live from the body. That even though Shagam Gashmi, the body is going to be physical. In other words, it's going to be a yesh. Mikom nevertheless, melakus. The body is going to live directly from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and not like now that the body is dead and it gets its life from its food and from the nisham. But La'asid love it. The body is going to get its food directly from Hakadosh Baruch Hu himself, from Atzmos, from Yeshua Amiti. There's going to be no dependency of the body on food to sustain its life. Moreover, the body is going to be on a higher level than the neshama itself. Why? Right now, the goof is death. Because it's a yesh. But if you could be mevatel that yesh, when you mevatel a yesh, it doesn't become ayin. When you a yesh, it becomes the yesh of Hashem. That if and when we succeed in bitling the body to godliness, it reaches, it touches a level above the bittle that the neshama can achieve. Why? Because what happens to a neshama becomes bittle? It becomes greater. 
What happens to the neshama becomes bitl? It comes closer to Hashem inside. In as much as the neshama is batalalakus, mikivan chiruchnis. Whereas the neshama is a spiritual thing, habitla shlok kosher imitziyusa. The more a neshama is bottle, the richer a neshama is. The smarter you are, the better a seat you have in the classroom of your teacher, because you understand more. So are you are more metzias or you're less metzias? And the answer is you're less of yourself and more of your teacher. But in the final analysis, it's more. When yidin through aveda effect, bitl beguf agashmi, the guf by itself is taken dead, but through bitl, not bitl be metzias, where you transform it, bitl ayesh, it's not the transformation of the body. The body is not being transformed. The body is what it was before. When you're bitter a goof, you're not elevating a goof. You're pushing the goof aside and leaving in that space a lakus. And therefore, that body is bottle to the Abishad himself. When you push your body aside for Hashem now, the bitl of the neshama is bitl, but is transformative. When you break a body nowadays, all you're doing is making the body something it doesn't want to do, but the body remains the same thing that it is. The body is going to be bottled. So on the one hand, you're pushing the body aside and filling the space of the body with the space of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. On the other hand, that space of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is revealed. Two things. Number one, Godliness pushes the body out of the way, makes it total bitl. And on the other hand, it reveals the Ebishter himself. The bitl be in the entire form of the body. So the body now is not transformed into something else, which brings it closer to HaGadosh Baruch Hu, to richness. The body is completely pushed aside, and in its space you have HaGadosh Baruch Hu himself. And what's revealed in the space of the, Ebi, the, the, the body is HaGadosh Baruch Hu himself. Therefore, when Mashiach comes, the soul is going to exist from the body. And I believe this is adequate. We had sort of, in effect, a number of different ways of saying the same thing. But the point of this Maimed is that when a miracle happens that breaks nature, it's really uplifting nature. So it's really preserving what it is. Your identity is being improved. When a miracle happens that doesn't break nature, that's the true breaking of nature. Because nature would never do this without the miracle. So when that you have a bit layesh, which is now lower, and the Yasid love is also going to be revealed. And the Rebbe brings us a moidendike inyan to parallel this. In other words, what follows in Siftes is not the Haskola, it's a more avoidendike inyan, but it's mamesh dezel bazach. Let's go weiter. Bishleimer. This is one of the explanations, but then the idea is the revelations that happen when Mashiach comes, depend on our work and our labor. Time of Golos Dafka is one of the oldest questions in the book. And you have in the Gutsichas this question. Yidin exists for 3,000 years or so. 1,000 of those years we had a base Amikdash. How could Al Tareb say in Tanya that Mashiach is coming based on the avoid you do in Zman what about the avoid who did in Zman Abayis? And the answer is very simple. The avoid who did in Zman Abayis is Yehudi law. We are transformed in something else. The avoid who do in Zman Agolos is Kabbalah Sale. We are pushed aside for the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the latter is much deeper than the former. When is Bittl true? 
is It's primarily what we do during Golas time. Then he explains when one is bottled Hashem in the time of the base Amikdash. Kivan They had intellectual reach into what godliness is. When they went to the base of Mikdash for the triannual pilgrimage, they actually visualized, they saw godliness. What happens? You become a new person, a much more sophisticated person, like a son becoming more like his father. A person felt his own form, which was reaching, and which was seeing. You become a higher human being. So is that bitl or not? Of course it's bitl. But it's only bitl of the old you. But it's increasing the new you. Sometimes the generation of the heel of Mashiach, we're not being transformed at all. We're just bitling ourselves. When you have a bitl of being pushed aside by godliness, it's there's nothing transformative here. You're not making anybody different. Elokus is pushing you aside, and now the Rebbe says, top of page, This is, of course, this famous idea, which begins in the Maimon and Nine Tess. been explaining the pasuk, for Ish was humble. We call her Adam Asher Apnei Adam from all men on the face of this earth. Says the Rebbe, Rashab and the Friedrich. Rebbe repeats it, and the Rebbe repeats it again. This idea that Moshe was humble in all men that will ever be on this face of this earth. It means particularly Bepnei Dor the Ikvas of the Mashiach, the Nishamis of the generation of the heel of Mashiach. Shagod Lo Alam is Vestedim, and the last generations of Gauls is incredible concealment. Well, because they nevertheless aimed in betake if Otsum, we stand with incredible courage. Hardness. We continue to learn Tera, and we continue to do mitzvahs. Accordingly, was humbled when he saw our Mesidus Nefesh. And I want you to know that the free Nikirebbe brings Mesidus Nefesh. And Mesiris Nefesh means self-sacrifice with the Kabbalah sale. What does our Rebbe bring? Our Rebbe brings Al Yevesh Mepnei Amaliyim. That when a Jew lives in America, and all America tells you to do is melt, assimilate, be normal, be like everybody else, be modern, be hip, be up to date. And a Yid says, I'm different. Yeshne Amech. That not being Mespal from a Goy is equal, and Goyishkeit, is equal to Mesiris Nefesh in Russia. And Meshach is humbled by it. Why? Push it. Because the Abitl of the Meshach is Venachnumo. Meshach Rabbeinu is the greatest Bittl of all. And that's the Bittl of Yehudi Allah. In other words, Meshach Rabbeinu was transformed into a godly person. So was he more bottle or less bottle? What Meshach was before that transformation is bottle, but Meshach is now more Meshach. He's more Womadachadish Baruch. As opposed to the work we do in this generation with the heel of Mashiach. The bitl is not by being raised up, but by being pushed aside for the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and sacrificing ourselves for the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the bitl of one's form being transformed as was the Madreg of Meshe Rabbeinu, is by Zechar Abgefalm, is humbled, when he sees another person, 
who's not being raised up by the bitl, but being pushed away by it. He sees another person who's not being raised up by the Mesiris Nefesh, but is being sacrificed by it. Moshe Rabbeinu is humble. Vezehu, and this is the Pshat. Shagiluyim deliyasad lovin, the great revelations of Mashiach. Tluyim emaseinev adeseinev shuzmanagolos dafka, depend, they hang on what we do, particularly in the times of Golos. Because Golos is not Yehudi Allah. Golos is not us becoming better Jews. Golos is us pushing ourselves aside for the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The primary novelty of the times of Mashiach, who then will be revealed. The advantage of revealing Ainsaf in nature itself, or in the physical body itself, where they remain natural and they remain a goof. It's not being that they're transformed, to being pushed aside. And it'll be revealed also. And this revelation is that the Abitl the Kabbalah Sela Mesiras Nefesh. It's achieved Dafka through the Bitla Kabbalah Sela Mesiras Nefesh of Asmana Gos, which is going to happen in times of Gos. So this is our first cheer. And the mile of Bitl Nes Hamalubish Bateva, of Nes Shalomayla Meateva, is that there's real Bitl when you're not being transformed. And in the next year, we'll talk about different, we're going to go into the intricacies of different types of Nisim. And hopefully, we'll have clarity about the different aspects that the Rebbe brings about different kinds of nisim. And in the third year, we'll discuss the Pasuk. I just want to finish with Avart. There is a Sikha. I believe it's in Chelek Lamed, of Ayigash. If I'm not wrong. Where the Rebbe talks about Mashiach. And what he says is that according to the Rambam, Ein bin El Mazeli, Mesa Mashiach, Alashibud Malchis Babad. Rambam holds, Mashiach is not about miracles. But rather, the world continues to be the same world we know now. The only thing is, all people mature, wisen up, and are busy with knowing HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So automatically, there's no violence, and there's no theft, and there's no abuse, and so on and so forth, because everybody's in a higher madrig. So the Rebbe says, imagine what kind of miracle it is going to be that without a single miracle occurring, such a great miracle will happen. And that's a touch. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.